Reddish trying to scoot in there alone. It pinballs to the crease. Let's get it. Oh my god! Here we go, here we go. You're listening to the Country Blues Podcast. With your hosts, Derek. How are you going to get it, brother? John. Matt Casey. Unnecessary, but totally necessary. And Cody. What's not to love? What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Pod Street Bullies. My name is Derek. And I'm John. What's going on, everybody? And we have one of the Matt's with us, Matt Casey. Ooh, new, new year, new Matt. Here we go. No idea where Hoagie's at. He's been no, completely unresponsive. Yeah, he, didn't he go see Lyle the Crocodile or something like that? <laughs> he, went go, he went to see, um, oh God, what's the what's the methed out ser- scarecrow that everybody's obsessed with? Um, oh, the guy who was like uh, Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. Oh, he went to see Pete Davidson. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, cheers, to the, cool. che- cheers to the heroin addict who lives in his mom's basement. Like, yeah, way to go. Let's what keep is that guy guy's deal? What's he? Saturday I think he's Night funny. Live. He's yeah, SNL. Saturday Night Live made him big, yeah. And then didn't he marry Amanda Grande or whatever her name is? Ariana Grande? They were dating for a while. Like oh. not a while. I don't it's just Hollywood one of those term. things where it just perplexes me. It's like, oh, why is the tatted up, you know, gumby looking dude? Well, doesn't you know he have why? some sort yeah. of condition though? No, is that it? No. That's it. Damn. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, Let's talk. Let's talk some hockey, I guess. <laughs> Speaking, Speaking of sticks, of sticks. All right. <laughs> let's uh, let's get into a little bit of the uh, yearly West Coast road trip. Every single year, it happens because of Disney on Ice. We used to curse Disney on Ice. We still oh, kind of do. I'm John's got Disney a whole new respect for it right now. I just went um, to Disney on Ice, Casey. Oh, we're going to Disney in February, and I'd rather put bamboo shoots in my fingernails than go down there. <laughs> it's like, how do I how do I stand in line for three hours and just shovel money into a furnace? Oh, let's go to Disney World. Yeah. Well, we're sitting at this Disney on Ice thing, and I'm like going to the kitchen. You know, like they're just doing the same moves over and over and over again with different costumes on, right? <laughs> <laughs> What's the uh, snowman? What's that stupid snowman? Orloff. Uh, Orloff, like, come on, Orloff, let's Orloff. get that triple cow cow in there. <laughs> <laughs> but so, uh, you know, this year it started off good. You know, it ended up being a 4 1 win in Vancouver to kick off the road trip, which was nice. Um, <clears throat> overtime loss in Seattle, okay, you know, whatever. Then we kind of get to a little bit of a skid. Uh, fell to Calgary 4 to 3, fell to Edmonton 5 to 2. And then uh, that was the that was really it for the road trip itself. Now, four games, road trip, whatever you want to call it. They got back on track a little bit here uh at least recently regarding uh you know shootout loss to columbus that sucked um <clears throat> the win in calgary was nice though let's let's get into the west coast road trip a little bit and tell john tell me a little bit about kind of your thoughts i know you don't stay up for these games but in terms of what you saw maybe on the stat sheet uh tell me a little bit about what you thought i mean i honestly like i was I was like pleasantly surprised by the game against Vancouver because this was supposed to be like one of the hottest teams in the NHL where it's like, you know, I feel like this year, every time I get excited, I'm trying to take, get that like one step back to earth. And then it was like that Vancouver went like, holy crap. All right. I I don't know what to do with this team. We are much better than I expected. Seattle to me was another one of those games where it's like, okay, we lost it, but we still got a point. We're still in it. We're still fighting. And then you just saw like a slow dip. And Mm -hmm. I don't, I know some people were freaking out, but like, this is a road trip that is grueling. It's during the holidays. I've never expected good stuff when we go on this road trip. So although in Calgary and Edmonton, I wanted to get wins or get some points, like it didn't really mess with me as much as I mess mm-hmm. with some people right yeah i mean i didn't have high expectations just because again the historics of it you know being bad on these west coast road trips but like thought with the way the team was doing might be a little bit different uh 
maybe I don't want to say better than anticipated, but it wasn't like gruesome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Most of our West Coast road trips have been. But Casey, your initial thoughts on how it all panned out. Yeah, I think I'm also looking at it from the two games prior to the holiday, which I know the Detroit one was right before, but I'm trying to remember what was right before Detroit. And I can't remember what it was, but that Detroit game was mayhem. You know, being yeah. down five to one. Oh, I forgot all about that. And game. like we were, we were all texting. I was like, "Thank God, I'm not watching this." And I was like, "Wait a minute, maybe I should tune in." <laughs> and then it was like the eventual, like, okay, loss and overtime, yeah. shootout, whatever. But you, you just saw elements of the game, and specifically four check, kind of the speed transition, just start to fade. Mm-hmm. And you're hoping that you just get to the holiday break, and they did. And you know, getting a point out of that, out of that Detroit game is great. But you get to that holiday break, then they come out swinging against Vancouver, which again I, I penciled that in as a loss in a huge yeah. way. Mm-hmm. But you just saw, you saw it creep in, and that road trip is tough. And not that Vancouver and Seattle are far, you know what is it like a, a twelve minute plane ride or something like that? Right, right. you spend um, more time at the checkpoint at the border. <laughs> you know, take a boat. You know, you're 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 jumping back and forth, and like you know, you're going Calgary, you're going you know right. to, to right. Edmonton, you're going back and forth. Um, and so I was um, not that I was shocked, but I was expecting a little more out of that, at least getting five, you know, four out of eight points out of that would have been mm, successful sure. for me. So I, I, I can't help but say, you know, that's a disappointment. And then coming back and playing a bad Columbus team who was mm. depleted and like yeah. that, mm-hmm. that killed me. The thing is, though, I don't think we necessarily played that bad in the Columbus game. It's just, you can't, we could not net a goal. And once they scored that first goal after our second one, and it was two, mm-hmm. one, you could just see the energy get sucked out. Yeah. Right. That's, I think one thing that's impressing me about the team is that they're getting a ton of shots on net. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're consistently out shooting the opposing team, which is nice to see considering how long has it been since I mean, we were looking, I mean, oh man, we had eight shots through two periods, you know, like right. the AV days, <laughs> you know, so it's nice to see growth, at least in that area. However, I, I quality of shots, like I, I'm not quite sure, again, without watching these back and watching it closely, you know, maybe I'm a bit concerned about quality of shots because these guys have some shooters that can, right. that can put the puck in the net. Um, Atkinson being used to be at least one of them um you know that we'll get into here in a little bit in regards to benchings but regardless like your Farabees, your tippets to an extent you could say your morgan frosts because he guy sure shit knows how to score um when he's waiting for those guys to really you know uh start you know to get the cylinder get firing on all cylinders Mm-hmm. Well, Tippett's one of those where it's like I felt, especially in a Columbus game, after a while, it was just like, okay, man, you're just throwing pucks at the net. Like, right. This is starting to turn into quantity and just pr- on a prayer at this point. Right. Yeah. It's it's tough too because you're seeing that that top line. I, I want to bring it back to like chemistry, I guess, with lines and continuity with lines. And right now, that top line of uh Coots, TK, and Farabee is is great. Like, I think they're mm-hmm. playing really, really solid. It was a bummer that. Farabee was in the box for like 40 minutes yesterday, but um, you know, respect on why he was in there. It wasn't a dumb thing to do, Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, you're just looking for continuity and a chip in for, from any, uh, any of the other nine forwards. And I think when that happens, we have a great chance to win. Cause I think our top line is good for at least a goal, possibly two a game, but that secondary, you know, the tip is the frost, you know, um, on down the line we got to get something from them. Like it doesn't have to be every single night from every guy, but it's like each one of those lines has got to chip in at least one goal a night. Right. Well, Cates is on his way back here soon. Now, again, knowing how he played leading up to his, um, his departure and his his injury, getting back a fully healthy Noah Cates. Do you think that does something in regards to a little bit of firepower there on the offense? I I mean, I I don't really view him as much of a goal scorer. Sure. I, you know, like to me, he's not one of those guys where I'm all of a sudden going, oh, here we go. Here's, you know, a goal every other night or, you know, every other two games or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe his play will free up some of the other players, but I, I don't know. I think that the scorers are all are on the ice right now and they're just mm-hmm. all snake bitten at the same time. 
Yeah. I, so I think, with, I, I think what, sorry, Derek, go ahead. You're good. Uh, so with, with a defensive minded forward, like you could say, Noah mm-hmm. Cates is, wouldn't you think that would free some of the other guys up to take some of those chances? I think that's where <clears throat> I don't think we're going to be getting a ton of goals from, from Cates. And even last right. year, like when he was playing, you know, at his best, he still wasn't being relied on for scoring. However, sure. what I think it does is it gives us reliability in there to honestly, during this stretch, this month long January, which is going to be tough. Like, you know, what, uh, Jesus, what are the two rookies' names? Uh, Forrester and Brink. Like, those guys need they need to sit. And I'm not saying they're playing awfully, but like right. they're cl- they clearly are like at a point where they have like hit their max from an energy standpoint, and right. they need they need to take a seat for a minute. And doing that without having a fall off or the god forbidden eleven forward seven defenseman, which I think <laughs> is the worst thing in the world. It's like you have That's another really out. solid player in there to at least give you some uh, variation in the lineup based on who you're playing and also just get people a little bit of a breather. Right. Let's get this out of the open here. 11 forward, seven defenseman is a terrible Hate idea. It. Hate it. Dumb. Dumbest thing, I think. One Especially of the dumbest things in hockey. Tortorella iced that game against Columbus. What was that guy's name? Yeah. Rat Gardner? <laughs> right. Bring up bring up my boy Belpedio again. Right. Like we were, right. we were rolling with Belpedio. Sounds like somebody who's playing like happy hours in Nashville. <laughs> Brett Gardner. <laughs> Mike Knight. This, this is Brett Gardner with Whispering in the Wind. <laughs> Say Brett Gardner. He's a he was a Yankee, wasn't he? Is he still playing? I'll have to oh, find. Is that his name? Brett Brett Gardner is a baseball Brett, player. Brett Gardner. We're talking Brett Gardner. Yeah. Who again? I, I made the joke. Brett Gardner seeing friends in low places at the local tavern. <laughs> I write. I write. Who the hell is Gardner? John <laughs> just goes. I think he's a AHL mainstay. <laughs> you have no <laughs> idea who this guy is. <laughs> oh my lord. I mean, and it gets Mark Stahl back in the lineup, which we all know. I mean, we anticipated him to be kind of that fringe six, seven guy, but like, I don't want him being a mainstay in, in this lineup. Like, no. Zamula's playing well. Can we well talk enough. about that for a second? Can we talk about Zamula? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I know exactly what you're about to say. Yeah. I like everyone, not everyone, but people always complain. How come we're not playing the young guys? When are the young guys going to get a chance? Like, you know, all that sort of stuff. Like, Zamula's quietly just kind of inserted himself as an yeah. NHL defenseman. And right. he's not blowing the doors off, but what is he, 22, 23, something like that? And something um, like that, yeah. Torts, even on the on the presser yesterday, it was just like, this power play is getting more and more comfortable and getting chemistry with Zamula back there. So I just want to say yeah. good for him, man. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Right. He's taking the opportunity. At the beginning of the season, I was ready. I was like, yeah, we, oh, we all were. Yeah. yeah, I was on that same boat. I said, nope, I don't want him. But I mean, I I like that. However, I again, another reference to the, the high and wide chat here. I told these guys, I'm more than comfortable seeing a little bit more Belpedio. Like, again, not a, not a type of guy that's going to blow the doors off the place, but like Zamula, in his time in the NHL, I thought he played well. I thought he was a very serviceable bottom pairing defenseman that you could rely on, uh, you know, playing 15, 16 minutes a night. I was cool with that. That's because at the end of the day, you got Sealer, who's not getting bumped out of the, the lineup, which I don't think he should at all. And insert he's name up, here. He's, up, he's up for the best defenseman award at this point. <laughs> right. So right. But like that, and again, this is back to our discussion from the beginning of the season of just this revolving door of defensemen that we're probably going to continue to have because I wouldn't be surprised if one or two got dealt by the deadline if there's serious interest, which there's been rumors about Ristolainen, you know, could be, uh, I I don't know. Again, Sealer could be a nice get for somebody, whatever it might be. But like Belpedio and Kouazamula stepped up. He's, (laughs) again, he's consistently okay. And right. I can right. be okay with that, you know. A real quick sidebar on Ristolainen: as much as I like him, what a blessing in disguise it would be if we could get someone to take on mm-hmm. his contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three. He's three years left, maybe. Did it four? I mean, he he's got a while. Like, I still I still like him, and I still think he is misslotted on the third pairing. Like, sure. I don't I don't hate it, but the fact that Sealer and um, Walker are playing so well. It's like, how do you break that up? 
but the one game he played on the top line with York, he had the best game of his career. Right. Right. Yeah, he seems like a guy that you can throw minutes at and he'll be okay. Like he'll swim. He'll keep, right. keep his head above water. Now, <clears throat> putting him in more of a limited role, I feel like you don't get to see all the aspects of his game because, again, more minutes, you expand upon that, and, and he can show you what he can do. Uh, that contract, though, to bury that on a bottom pairing, it's kind of like, eh, right, you know? right. Yeah, that, that's my issue. But like, I, you know, back to your point with the defenseman one, I think with Belpedia, like, I agree with you, he was great to bring in. My issue becomes is he's what 28 or 29, right. like, he's right. not that's really bringing, he's not bringing right. that youth movement that we're hoping for. I think he's good in a pinch, and especially if we're continuing to try to contend here, like, okay, good, right. this guy has what, like. 12 NHL games this year under his belt. Like sure. that's awesome. That's awesome right. that we have that. I'd rather right. have that versus bring up Andre and watch him like flop in the wind. But um right. Right. he's and been well, playing and, well though. And circumstance is the biggest thing, Casey, right? It's like if we were a bottom five team like we were all expecting, then it's like, okay, then you bring in an adder and Andre, whatever. Yep. But it's like if you're contending and you want a little bit more assurance, yep, you put in somebody like Belpedio. Yeah. But if you know, if we do end up being sellers at the deadline and people have interest in sealer or Walker. What I do think it allows us to do is like, Hey, I'm fine with the second pairing of Ristolainen and Belpedio. I'm mm -hmm. okay with that. Um, right. so like, I do think it gives us a little bit of variation in there. Um, for area for of strength. Yeah. Ooh. Which is, which is, Something really we're not used to. Yeah. <laughs> right. Especially because the yeah. beginning of the year, like, defense. <laughs> What's going to happen here? <laughs> now, I, maybe it's just me too, but like the one guy I'm waiting to see if he pans out because he's young enough, former first round, I think either first round or really early second round, Helga Grands, Grands, Grands. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to see what he can bring to the table. Um, not sure if he'll earn a call up here this year. But I mean, I, are you guys intrigued a little bit by that? Was, did he come over in the LA trade? Was that what yeah, he was part got? of the LA trade? Yeah. yeah. I I, I um, honestly have not given the guy one bit of thought. I I've thought more about Wade Allison than I have him. Really? I kind of yeah. forget about Wade Allison. To be I know. I, I need some proof I, of life. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I've forgotten about Wade Allison. Like I, he could be a call up. Sure, if you're going to bench Forrester, Brink, bring him back up, see what he can prove. Uh, that doesn't sound there. like he was doing all that hot down in down in the AHL. He wasn't. It yeah. took him a long time to score a goal. I know that. Um, I'd like to see him come back up and, and have a I little bit of success, but like, right. not gonna shed a tear if he doesn't. Um, either way, though, in terms of benchings, I know we talked about um, the benchings, potential benchings for Brink and for Forrester. There were two benchings, which one should come as no surprise because there's a benching for him every other game. Morgan Frost, one. <laughs> in my opinion, a long overdue benching uh, for Cam Atkinson. And we saw them sit out. I believe it was the Columbus game, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. Um, and we lost that game. I don't think that has anything to do with them being benched. However, they come back in for the Calgary game. We kind of see more of the same from Atkinson. However, uh, Frost, pretty strong game, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, goal and an assist. Uh Sidebar: The assist on the Couturier goal, where Couturier banked it off Markstrom. Beautiful goal. That, Beautiful that was, goal. That was great. A luck right there. Yeah. That wasn't I like care. Oh. I don't care. <laughs> That's how we cracked the power play drought right there. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. right. But I mean, <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about kind of moving forward here, and what we've seen from Atkinson so far versus what we want to see, and if this is going to impact his mindset because Torts has been very clear about the intentions behind uh, benchings. And we'll kind of get into this a little bit here in a little bit, but <clears throat> he wants it to be a wake up call yep. as it should be. Is that what this is going to be for Atkinson? And what, what can we expect or hope to see with his game moving forward? So I'll start with Casey because I went to John first here, but shoot. Yeah. I, I think with Atkinson, one, it was a long overdue, as you said. Uh, yeah. He was given a very long leash, like one of those extender leashes that just keeps going and going <laughs> until you find it, finally hit the thing and retract. Um, I don't necessarily think, yes, he is there to score goals. It's frustrating for he's he's not he's not oblivious to the fact he hasn't scored in 20 some odd games, 22, right. 23 games. Right. 
But I think where the benching really came in is the fact that he was doing dumbass penalties and yeah. like just not trying as hard. So I think it's not like, hey, you need to score goals. It's like you need to stop doing this other bullshit. Right, and, right. you know, yesterday, I, I don't think he had a necessarily a bad game per se. He had a couple couple chances. He had that one breakaway at some point in the second, I think, where like, man, you'd love to see him bury that thing. It was a great two on one and he was in alone. Just need to see him bury it. But whatever that goalie is, what's his name? Mark Markstrom. 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 That guy. Yeah. That guy's kicked our ass for two games. He's now, good. Man, he's good. Right. Um. So, you know, I I I like to think that Cam is a consummate professional, and yeah. he will see this as a wake up call and understand. And he had the mm -hmm. conversation with Torts, and he knows what's expected. Um. So we'll see, though. Right. I think for me too, what it breaks down to is. You said he had that great uh, breakaway in Calgary, mm -hmm. and we've seen it multiple times before. I'm not going to be able to give you specifics, but just from watching the games, shot quality. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. with Atkinson, like he gets the opportunities, but the shots he's putting on net aren't high quality shots. Like you're not getting the guy that's going to pick a corner. He most of the time he's putting it right in the guy's breadbasket, mm -hmm. and I don't know whether it's just lack of effort. I I don't want to speak to that. Mm -hmm. But I'll speak to the fact that it's so frustrating watching when you know that guy can bury these shots. Yeah. Yeah. So your take on this, John? I mean, I look at it this way. You know, it's well documented that Tortorella and Atkinson are close, right? They've had a pretty long history with one another. They both kind of come out and said that they're close because of their history with one another. So to me, conversations have probably been happening through this entire slump, I guess, for lack of a better word. And Tortorella probably got to the point where it was like, okay, our conversations, our check-ins, whatever you want to call them about what needs to improve, it's not working, right? So right. now right. it's time for you to be benched. And I think that Atkinson, again, must have saw this coming. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't think that he's going to hold any ill will from what I read in the com you know comments afterwards when he was asked like it seems like he understands <laughs> that this needed to happen. Um so I don't really expect this to have any sort of residuals. <laughs> will it change anything? I think in terms of the penalties and things like that Casey I think it will but like mm -hmm. goal scoring I, I I don't know if a benching can really fix that. <laughs> right. You, you know, know I I do think he's it, I, I don't know if he got an assist, but like the other night, like he, he had a couple plays where like, okay, he was involved. He was involved right. in some, and it's like at least be a positive force versus right. a detriment to the team, which is what he was doing for a couple games. Right. And it, with a team that has lackluster offense, you, can af you can't afford to just have stupid plays or stupid penalties mm -hmm. and things like that. And I think that right. that's where Tortorella is like, like if you're not going to be able to score fine, but you can't bite us in other ways. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, of all the guys on this team, too, I think it's safe to say that he has the longest history, Atkinson does, with Tortorella. Yes, definitely. So to me, this is a pivotal point in that relationship. Um, I, to my knowledge, again, I, I could tell you probably with 95% confidence that I don't think Torts has benched Atkinson before. Again, I'd have to look back through. But... Now you look at a guy who's been with Tortorella for a majority for a good bit. He has a long-standing relationship with the guy. That guy just benched him. Mm -hmm. How is he going to take it? I would assume as a consummate professional. However, you did just get benched by the guy that you know is kind of your, your your guy. Mm -hmm. So how he reacts to this moving forward, how his game looks, at least I want to see the effort. I want to see better shots. Like that's the one thing I'm going to keep harping on it. I want to see this guy have better quality shots on net instead mm -hmm. of just every single time right in the goalie's chest. Like that's getting more frustrating to me than anything in regards to his play. I wonder too. You remember last year? I guess the beginning of last year. Um, you know, TK had a really down year two years ago, mm -hmm. and he spent time with Briere just going through like, "Hey, here's where you're shooting from," and it was all outside the dots and he's like oh okay now that i see i'm i'm wondering and i'm hoping that you know whether it's briere or somebody else who is of similar statue stature and like game right. style that atkinson was quite frankly um you know if he sits down and tries to pick some brains there and figure out some other ways of all right what are some trends that i'm doing why are these shots not going in sure and speaking of that uh, the main part of the episode i want to get to here um <clears throat> 
Frost and Tortorella finally did have their sit down. Uh, Frost went into Tortorella's office, according to reports. Uh, there was a good article written by Jordan Hall uh, that I had sent over to John just so everybody knew what was going on. I read through it. I also read an article uh, from Anthony Sanfilippo on Cross yeah. and Broad as well. Um, good details in regards to the comments made, which a lot of them were made post-game against, uh, from, from I believe, Columbus or Calgary. I can't remember. <coughs> Initially, Tortorella's like, I'm not getting into this. This is between Frost and I, and, and obviously so. That's fine. No one needs to know the intricacies of it. However, to me, and I'll kind of start off here for a second, I'm intrigued and I'm actually happy that we know it was Frost that came to Tortorella. Right. I think that is a huge step in the right direction for this guy, whereas every other meeting these two have had, it, it's a, a season-ending interview, it's you know season-beginning, whatever it might be. Like Nice to see this, and I think – he, Tortorella said it in his press conference. He's the type of guy that come to me, talk to me, open channels for communication. Let, but let's you need to be the one out. to initiate it. Right. right. And that's I, – I agree with that. I really right. do. If you've got a problem, there's a way to go about it. You don't mm -hmm. go into the media. You go right into that office and say, hey, let's hash this out. I want a clean slate, and, and let's talk about it. But – Great stuff, in my opinion. I mean, tell me a little bit about your thoughts with this, John. I mean, my head kind of goes in different places. And I really want to know, and I know we're not going to know, and I understand why we won't, but I want to know if it was a, all right, John, coach, torts, whatever we're going to call him, um, JT, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> what do I need to improve on, right? That's one conversation, right? What do you see? What do I need to improve on to remain in the lineup or – Tortorella, I disagree with you. I don't understand why you keep pulling me out. You know, mm -hmm. why do you keep picking on me? Right. Because mm -hmm. I do think that those are two different conversations. Um, right. And I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't necessarily bl blame Frost if he had more of the disagreement conversation where it's like, I can't understand why you're benching me. Because as much as I don't really think Morgan Frost is a part of the Flyers' long term plan, mm -hmm. um, it doesn't make sense that this is the guy who keeps getting benched. I mean, he has offensive upside, whether or not it's reaching the potential we all wished we can debate. I mean, I think we all would come to the same conclusion, but it's like when you are a team that really needs offensive production, right. he's not the guy you keep taking out of the lineup. Is so right? I, I understand that frustration. So I am really curious, you know, it, it's cool that they had this conversation, but I'm not necessarily going, all right, well, it's fixed. Right. You know, I think that there's still probably a problem here that they don't see eye to eye on mm -hmm. what's taking place. Sure. But like that that meeting should have done something to that relationship between the two. Sure. And I think there's a newfound respect Tortorella has for Frost now that Frost has done that and walked into his office and, and tried to clear the airwaves. So um, I, I'm optimistic. Right. Again, don't see this being like the, oh, my God, now it's fixed. Everything's fine. He's not coming mm -hmm. out of the lineup. But at the very least, at the absolute least, this is a huge step in the right direction for Frost, at least. I, uh, I, I honestly, I go the other direction. I cannot believe it took his 11th scratching to go in and talk with Tortorella. Like, okay. that, that is mind-boggling to me. Mm. And. Yeah. Um, the fact that it's such a big deal, it's like, it, okay, maybe his personality, and I think Tort said this, like, he's a quiet guy. He probably, like, wasn't raised to, like, question the coach. And so, okay, that's fine for games, like, four through seven. But, like, dude, if you keep getting yo-yoed in and out of this lineup, you got to figure out why. You're a professional. Right. Like, figure mm -hmm. out why you are not, you know, you're making, what, $2.1 million a year, like, sitting in the press box? Like, hell no. Like, get, you get right. in there and figure out why. And... So I think that's my first thing. Am I glad that they, they had the conversation? Absolutely. I just can't believe it took this long. Um, 100%. I will say that, you know, not not that it's any way, shape, or form comparable. I was benched by, like, sophomore year on the lacrosse team and, like, for, like, <laughs> two weeks for drinking, and understandably so. But they were like, you have to go down you? to JV for two weeks. <laughs> and then I came back, and I was so pissed. And I came back. And uh, my first shift on, I just ripped a goal and I was kind of like, fuck you, coach. And that's exactly <laughs> what I saw with Morgan Frost when it was like, you know, he netted that goal. You could see the excitement in that kid's face. 100%. And I, I, rightfully so. <clears throat> he you know, does. I, uh, I'm sorry, Derek. You're I, good. You're good. I just think like he does kind of 
Rummy is the kind of player where it's like, no, no, I'm I'm not wrong. I'm gonna prove you're wrong. Right. Right. Yep. Which is fine if he keeps proving them wrong. Yep. Hundred percent. Like, like I'm, and I'm cool with that. Like, and the post game comments were pretty telling too in regards to the type of person Frost is. You know, Tortorella went on to say about how he seems so unassuming. Seems like he was probably brought up. Uh, to be the type of guy that wouldn't talk to coaches just because there's that coach and then player. Like there's there's mm-hmm. there's two different dynamics. However, I mean, I'm sure you guys can relate. Like there's something wrong. You go to the source, you know. Right. I can't tell you how many times John and I had arguments about what we're gonna talk about on episodes, <laughs> and nope, this is a stupid idea. Well, why is this a stupid idea? I think it's a great idea, you know. Yeah. Now it's just like it eight o'clock's too late. Right. Hey, what time do you have to wake up in the morning, Casey? <laughs> hey, I've been I've been getting up at like five thirty or so. I'm okay, right. I'm already right, on man. my way to the train, <laughs> and I'm up at six. So, <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> regardless, again, um, I think that for Frost, it took a lot for him to work up the confidence to do that. Which I kind of view that as a bad thing. Just mm-hmm. because, like, after the second or third, I'd be like, okay, now's appropriate. You know, you should go talk right. to the guy. After the first, it's like, whatever, come back, score a goal, prove that you need to be in the lineup. But, like, it took how many of those benchings to be like, oh, maybe I should go talk to the guy. Like, sure, that's concerning, but, like, I'm willing to look past that now that it's actually happened mm-hmm. so that we can start off on the right foot again and, and put this bullshit behind us. Because we, right. we, need, we need that. Like, we need him right. in a huge way. Right. Yeah. I I am curious though if like Tortorella was actually you know by benching seven if he doesn't come to me I've kind of made up my mind on whether or not I want him as a long term plan. You know that's a good part of a long term plan. Whereas like yes he might have been proud him for finally doing it but I'm wondering if he was like sorry buddy like for my standard yeah I you know I can see it. You know, I can see him being like very timid going in, going in there, and you know the the notorious benchings last year with Hayes, who you know notoriously didn't go in and say anything to him, or Connecty, who I just picture Connecty going in like in a major league, like wild thing, Ricky Vaughn. He's like, you haven't seen the last of me, Mister Brown. Every time I pitch against you, I'm gonna shove it up your Mm-mm-mm. like, um, like I can see Connecty flipping chairs and stuff, but like I can see Frost being like, knock knock, knock knock, coach. <laughs> You got a minute, coach? (laughs) It's, I think uh, John brought up a good point. Like, if there was that one benching that, like, by so many, I need to hear from them or else my mind's made up. But I'm wondering if now that it's finally happened, depending on what was discussed in there, which we may never know, which is okay, I wonder if Tortorella has at the very least, like, a newfound respect for him. Um, after that discussion, I can't wait for him to bench him again. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's gonna happen. Like history repeats itself here. Right. I I really oh. do hope he he turns it around because you know as we've said again and again, like this team just needs secondary scoring in a huge right. way. And the fact that he was our leading scorer last year, it's like okay, you know it's possible. And mm-hmm. you know I everyone's like oh he feasted on uh lower tier teams it's like man i would have loved for him to feast on that columbus game when we couldn't get more than two goals um unfortunately he wasn't in the lineup but um you know it's also at the if you're if you're still in the hunt you know going into february you know those those uh quote-unquote easier games theoretically get easier because Mm -hmm. teams have like they're shedding players at that point and selling Versus at the beginning of the year, the easy games are still like, okay, you're playing a San Jose or an Arizona notoriously bad teams, but they're still working their asses off. So, um, right. you know, we'll see what happens. Right. And I mean, I think that Frost saying, like, there's some things I need to get off my chest. Like, I, sure. Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty you need to get off your chest, but like, what could you need be? to <laughs> Right. Yeah. Oh, huh. But like, the way that he delivered it to Tortorella, like, I, I, I do wonder because I know he's very timid. It's it looks like he's very just kind of like unassuming appearing so at least. But Dude like needs to shave. 
yeah, yeah. He looks like him, that like 15-year-old that just got facial hair for the first time and is just refusing to shave it. That's what Morgan Frost looks like. <laughs> like I almost I almost hope that when he went into Tortorella's office, there's a little bit of bass in his voice. Like I, I really hope that's the case. I doubt Miss, it. Mr. Tortorella, I have something I'd like to present to you. <laughs> right. He goes in like Roger Dorn and then like <laughs> right. <laughs> but like I mean, do you th- how do you I guess talk like hypotheticals here? How do you think Torts reacts a normal frost conversation with him going in like hi Mr. Tortorella or like him coming in being like hey Torts, we need to talk. Like mm-hmm. how, what are his reactions like one versus the other? Uh, I'm kind of hoping oh god. Go I, I I think Torts is is such a um psychological coach that i i hope that he just embraced it and i hope he pushed back a little bit and you know gave him his peace of mind but like it takes again it it takes a lot of courage at any level to go in and be like coach i don't agree with this and this is why because like you're risking getting in the doghouse although it's like how much deeper in the doghouse could you possibly go at that point but um you know so i i i like to think that he respects it and um you know, I, I like to think he he it was an honest and, and good conversation. Everything we know, you know, sounds like it was. We'll see though. Right. See if it translates. Yeah. We will see. I mean, so let's put an over under uh three more games until Ooh. Frost gets benched again. Oh. Wow. Three? Three I games. Think, I, I think they gotta go over three games until it gets benched again. Okay. I think we're go- I think we're going over because I got a feeling Mr. Brinks on the uh on in the press box next game. Okay. Can I, can it- I just one more add one more thing though about how we were talking about like John Tortorella reacting? I, I'm kind of picturing him just smiling the whole time, just being like awkwardly smiling, smiling, like excited, like it's about goddamn time you showed up here. Pet, petting his rescue dog like Dr. Evil. <laughs> <laughs> Have you met no Morgan's? <laughs> So nice of you to show up, Morgan. <laughs> like, I'll put you in the next game if you adopt mittens over here. <laughs> so, so to Casey's point here, I'll, I'll put it this way: is is a Brink or Forrester benching going to supersede whether Frost deserves to get benched? Oh, I I think I think Brink and Forrester are going to sit out. I don't think it'll be mm-hmm. simultaneously, but I think they're right. going to sit out in the next two weeks. So they won't be able to afford to bench Frost no matter how he performs in these next three games. Yep. Right. Yep. Okay. I feel, so I feel by like default, it's almost like, okay, I got that guy. All right, check him off the list. Like, who am I gonna? Okay. Who am I gonna? Hey, Steve you know, Buscemi, just cross him off the you, list. Yeah. When do you think he's gonna bench Lawton? That's Ooh. the one. I'm like, because I mean, if you think about that it, that sends the message, right? But. I just don't know if he would do. I mean, if any coach would do it, he would do it. But like that. Would oh my god! Be yeah. Huge. So r- riddle me this. Mm. I think, especially if Cates comes back mm-hmm. and is effective, mm-hmm. I don't think Lawton's trade value is ever going to get any higher. I think I think it's diminished since reportedly these first round picks last year. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I'm one. I'm wondering if he goes now. I don't want him to go. I don't. I still think he's a value to this team in the locker room and all that sort of stuff. Right. I don't care about the letter stuff. I just look at the way that he plays and like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the snarl he plays with and all that sort of stuff. But like, you're right. I, I just think he's faded to the back and maybe it is because he had to be at the front of the back. Cause there was, there, there was no Couturier. There was no, no, you know, TK was hurt half of last year. There was no Atkinson. Well, well whatever, but um, you know, so maybe he felt like he had to step that up, but he's somebody that I can see, you know, it's not going to be a fan favorite move, but I can see them moving it. And maybe that is the move that ends up happening. See, I wonder though, because personally I'd like to see Kate's come back and be where he was last year. I don't want to see a Kate's that we saw from earlier in the year. Nobody That's does. not going to instill much confidence in me in getting rid of, Lawton in trading him away. Like I want to see Kate's from 2022, 2023 Mm -hmm. before I make any decision on Lawton. Yep. 100%. Mm -hmm. John, any thoughts on that? 
Um, honestly, I don't know. Channeling my inner uh, hoagie here. I was I got caught reading this guy's comment, and I wasn't really oh, paying yeah. attention to you. But I'm um, commentating show during the game. I think that'd be fun. I'd yeah. I'd be up for it what, if I could. What, what what was the ask? I don't have access. Uh, when are you guys going to do a live commentating show during the game? You all would be great. Looking forward to tomorrow's rivalry game against the Pens for sure. I like it. I love. I I I don't think this guy realizes the scheduling issues we run into on just doing the <laughs> show. But I do. Love, the three I of us that. have children to put to bed every single night. Like we'll, we'll comment for the last ten minutes of the second and beyond, and that's that would be really interesting though. Like the first period, we're sitting watching the game with our kids and commentating, and then they go to bed, and then it's like this mother, go get back in your fucking bed. Yeah. <laughs> listen, here's the thing. I've always thought that Cates was the heir apparent to the Scott Lawton mm-hmm. throne, right? Yep. I mean, I think that honestly, as much as people would say it's unpopular, I think that's best case scenario. Mm-hmm. My only worry is I don't think Scott Lawton's trade value is anywhere near what it was last year. No, nope. correct. And and I feel like someone like John Tortorella would be like, well, his leadership qualities are much more valuable than the and I respect that fourth yeah. round pick. I mean, I don't know what I'm, you know, I feel like he's probably going to get more than a fourth round pick, but you know what I'm saying, okay. right? Like, so I don't know, unless he starts to turn his game around, I feel like that ship might've sailed. Yeah. I still think some team's going to be dumb enough to give it up though. I mean, you see stupid deals every year. Like Someone's I always dumb enough to get it, give it up. That's how <laughs> I have about almost three kids yada 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 oh my daddy three <laughs> testify <laughs> but uh i mean you you think about every year it seems like toronto overpays for somebody uh pittsburgh typically does i don't know if they're in a position that they i don't think lawton goes to pittsburgh by any means but like that would it kill could happen yeah. i feel like the kid from angels in the like it could happen you know <laughs> <laughs> uh all right fellas uh so what we've got here coming up then next week or i should say this upcoming week we've got the rivalry game obviously monday uh against pittsburgh we've got montreal wednesday then we hit the road for games on friday and saturday Winnipeg or minnesota and winnipeg in that order how do you gentlemen think this team is going is to fare Winnipeg? Yeah, I'm looking at a map here. I have no idea where Winnipeg is. It is up there. To my understanding, it's not a very popular destination. Now, I don't know much about Canada or (laughs) Winnipeg in general, but I feel like it's a big sell to get players in in Winnipeg. (laughs) It's like it's the Newark, New Jersey of Canada. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the New Mexico of the Union of Canada. You know, you forget it's a state. All right. I, I mean, at, le- at least it's like, I mean, it looks like it's like an hour flight from Minneapolis. So at least it's not like I thought it was all the way over in Alberta or wherever <laughs> else they call those things. But they'll get so there yeah. midnight, you know, after the Minnesota game. Yeah, I think this um, this schedule is not ship in Manitoba. <laughs> <laughs> this uh this schedule is not doing us any favors. Uh, <laughs> like the, it, you know, I, I think we'll we'll be good for Pittsburgh. I like uh, who do we have Wednesday? Montreal. Montreal. Like <clears throat> would love to, would love to put Typical a smack down Montreal. on them. But um, yeah, this just doesn't get easy, man. It's we're playing every other day, and we have multiple back to backs. I don't think we have a the next. I would argue that the next. What do we have? Five games in seven days or something like that coming up? Like it's it's yeah. it's tough. Yeah. Like this is almost the make or break moment for this team where it's like, all right, is this for real? Is it are we really actually making a playoff run and gonna push? Or is this gonna be a very slow, arguous burn back to the to the back, which honestly is only what three points, four points away. I mean, yeah, Pittsburgh is is seventh in the division, and they're only four points behind us. Right, mm-hmm. right. It's a tight division, man. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like one bad week, and you could be you could yeah. swap with Pittsburgh. Casey and said honestly, that about a month ago. Yeah, yeah, and and honestly, I'm I'm hoping we had our bad week last week. That's what <laughs> that's what my like hope is, and that we are like okay, get that taste. Out of us. I'm still standing. I'm still here. The thing is, though, and like. 
I've kind of, I was thinking a lot about this today. I'm not really sure how, how or why, but to me, if you take away the playoffs for a second, just like take away this idea of potentially being in the postseason, I think if you asked any of us, if the Flyers were competitive night in and night out, grabbing, you know, a loser point here or there, winning games we shouldn't here or there, like playing a fun brand of hockey, we'd all sign up for it. Absolutely. Where it's 100%. like, yes, making the playoffs would be awesome, and that should be the goal of this team. But it is really hard for me to knock on this team when it's like everybody pinned them for a top five team. And I can count on one hand maybe the games that we've been completely out of it this year. Mm-hmm. Top five draft team, draft lottery team. Yes. Right. Yeah. Bottom five is what right. I meant. <laughs> right. Oh, we get it. You know, you're right. I mean, it, it's still a constant debate on X right now. Do you take? Do you take? Like, that, yeah. we're past that now. We right. are far past that. This team right. is in a playoff spot currently. They are one of the best teams in their division, if not conference right now. Like, we're far past tanking. Like, mm-hmm. I've accepted the fact that we have a very good hockey team and potentially could get better if Cates can come back and do well. If, you know, we could – if Atkinson could find his footing, if Konechny keeps putting up these numbers. The guy, side note, Konechny, superstar. He's saying that for the record right now. He he's on pace for almost a fifty goal season right now. Right. Like he's at like twenty two, and we're not halfway through. Star. Could I ask a coaching decision question? No, I'm not the, benching Travis Konechny. No, the Columbus game <laughs> shootout. Mm. The only player who scored that game, mm-hmm. the only player who's shown any offense, isn't in the shootout. Did that like? I don't know. Did you, did you, did you go? We have Coots, Forrester, and was Brink? it Brink? Brink. I think it was Brink. Right. Yeah. I have a hard time going against Forrester and Brink in the shootout just because of a point we discussed a couple weeks ago. They're new. And sure. so there's not tape on them. I just, yeah, but I just feel like you got to ride the hot hand here. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I, and I know somebody will be able to be like, well, his numbers and shootouts where he was one yeah. for 20. So like, I, right. I don't care. Again, I'm again lefty like, goalies. Like, yeah, sure. right. <laughs> in the moment, right. This is the only guy who scored for us all game. I, I don't I, know. I, I think I'm with you. I, I didn't think too much about it, but I think, um, I think you got to go with TK over Forster in that instance. Yeah. Forster, yeah. you know, you know ex- from a goalie standpoint, you know what he's doing. Right, he, he shoot, he's got the shot, and he shoots. And Turner's got the one move. Yeah, and he tried <laughs> to stray away from it. Tank, right? <laughs> and like Brink, like you at least see a little bit of variety in regards to his shootout attempts. However, no problem, Brink. Yeah, right. I, like, I'm cool with that. He'll 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 be fine in a shootout, which I hope we don't see that many more of. Regardless. Um, Again, side note, Urson, first uh, shootout loss in Columbus. Boy, oh, boy, did he get undressed on that Goudreau mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like that one at all. Let me let oh. me ask you this, not to totally delay this and go past John's bedtime again. but We're already past my bedtime. If I was thinking about this one, who are you more comfortable with in goal right now, Urson or Hart? Who? Like, all right, so let's let's put it this way. You're playing your biggest rival, hypothetically, you're playing your biggest rival tomorrow night. Uh, you know, it's a it's a winner take all kind of thing. You need the points. Who are you who are you starting? And this See, is that makes it situational too, though. The flyers. Like, who do I think they're gonna start, or who who would I start? All right, yeah, all right. Who would you who do you feel more comfortable? Let's stick with John, the original question. Your last name just changed to Tortorella. You're making the coaching decisions. Who do you put in? Urson. I'm going hard. I'm going heart too, but it's getting it's getting there. It's getting yeah. there. There's a thin margin there. I yeah. think I think that Columbus the Columbus game gave Hart a little bit more. Where I was like, mm-hmm. before that Columbus game, I was like, dude, Urson, just keep doing what right. you're doing, and I'm ready to say bye to Carter Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know, and maybe for me, it's also just the intrigue of somebody kind of coming in and stealing the spot. Too, mm-hmm. You know, right. Um, I think they're going to go hard too if we're talking about yeah. like what the Flyers are going to do. For me, it's purely situational. Like uh, I think that Hart 
has the book on Pittsburgh. And I think that mm-hmm. he'll be put in situations he's been in before that he's probably learned from, and he'll be okay. Now, I say that knowing full well that he could lay a stinker tomorrow, but so could Urson. We saw it against Anaheim early in the year. Like mm-hmm. they're both capable of the both extremes here. So I'm gonna go with the veteran. You know, call him the veteran. He's had enough games under his belt. I'll call him a veteran. Sure. I'll go with that, <clears throat> and then just you know, it, if Hart shits the bed, you have Urson, and you put him in and see what happens. It's a, it's a good problem to have. We've come a long way from uh... right. The seven goalie carousel. You know, I'm right. still waiting for it to implode, though. The right. Mike McKenna's, the Calvin Pickards, and yeah. I'm Anthony ready. Stellaris, who should have never re- been treated. I'm ready to be hurt again. Let's do it. <laughs> I am All right. really curious to see, like, what Urson do. Like, if he can keeps this up, like, what position does that put the Flyers and Carter Hart in, in terms of contract? Contract? Yeah. I'm fascinated by what that will look like. I mean, Carter's every save Urson makes, Carter's like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> bring out the mandolin. Uh, all right, fellas. Well, anything else that we want to touch on here, real quick, before we uh, decide to wrap things up? Wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Something you should have done three times. Um, <clears throat> anyways, <laughs> you can, uh, you can find us. Oh, no, uh, no, no, no. Okay. I just saw Casey's face, and I'm like, God, did I did I overstep? Did I overstep there? Regardless, find me on Twitter at Pod Street Bob. John's on Twitter Casey at Pod Street Go. Contraception. <laughs> no rubber. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, we're wrapping this up. <laughs> John's not on Twitter, Pod Street Go. I, I lied. John's not on Twitter at all. We all are on Twitter at Pod St Bullies. Matt Casey, let them know where they can find you. Hey, Pod Street Casey. Oh, oh, like, you were off the sauce too, Casey. No, I just deleted it from my phone, so I'm not mm. on it all the time because it mm. was getting like obsessive. But uh, yeah, during games, I, I fire up the laptop and I'm on there. Right, casual, casual Twitter or yeah, more professional doing it from your laptop. <laughs> I'm, I'm back on. I'm back on MySpace. I'm bringing back MySpace. There you go. <laughs> all right, uh, you can check out our affiliates to uh, Flyers High and Wide. They're on X at Flyers HW. Five Minute Major Podcast is on X at Five Minute Major Pod. And that is it for us, fellas, folks, ladies, gentlemen, everybody listening. Have a wonderful week ahead and let's go, Flyers. Bye now.